This is The Immigrant View, a podcast for immigrants by immigrants. Welcome to the show. The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantNetworks.com. Hello, everyone. It's a great pleasure being here with you today. Hope you're having a great, great day. Welcome to The Immigrant View. My name is Aya Owaduni. I'm really excited for today's session uh, conversation and personnel individual that is going to be joining us uh, for today's show. We are going to be prepping you for the executive suite. And we have someone that does a lot of work within that space, coaching individuals within that space, uh, providing consulting expertise for people within that space as well, is within that space and is also an immigrant uh, who has his own story that we can learn so much from. So uh, this is going to be a a session that I strongly believe not only are we going to learn, we're going to be inspired as well. So who do I have with me? Let me give you some background on who he is. He is the founder and director of uh, this consultant firm. I don't want to say the name because he that's his name. So you'll know who it is. Let, let me let's wait to, let's wait till the end. I'll give you the name. He's an award-winning talent management and diversity strategist. He's the director, he was the director of strategic talent management at uh, Pitney Boas Incorporated, a previous firm that he had worked with. He has uh, done a lot of consulting work and coached people from several industries, investment banking, software, telecommunication services, pharmaceutical, retail and communications technology. He's worked in the U.S., in Canada, in India, uh, done assignments in Europe. I don't see Nigeria here, by the way. So hmm, we, we, we got to get your game up, Glenn. Uh, Asia Pacific. It's Latin coming America. up. It's coming up. <laughs> Come on. He's done some really powerful work with um, with a retail company. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to mention the name, so he will share with us later on. He holds a bachelor's degree in mathematics, a master's degree in human resources, um, also CHRM. He has a certification. But one thing that I would say that I strongly, strongly um, am proud of and I want to say is he's also an immigrant. He has his immigrant stories. Uh, but he has some powerful quotes that I want to just throw some at you now. In my mind, there are no barriers. Boom. The barriers are self-imposed. I love that. And I think that is so powerful. A key question that he loves to ask, what anchors you? And this one, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary folks that are listening in, please join me to welcome Glem Diaz. Glem, Ayo, you should, I'm, you should I'm, pay me for that intro, Glem. You know what? What a powerful, one of the best intros I've ever had. <laughs> I should get you to introduce me at my next event. Ayo, you know, I, I'm so excited. This is such an honor and a privilege to, to be participating in this discussion with you. I got good news for you, Ayo. Tell me, tell me. I just had a meeting with a potential client from Nigeria last week. No. 2022, I'll be doing a project for Nigeria. I'm doing a project for University of Lagos. What? Potentially. Wow, that is awesome. That is fantastic. I almost did my MBA at the University of Lagos, by the way. Almost. I took the exam. I applied. 
all the way through. They, they, they never got back to me. I, I wasn't accepted into University of Lagos. Anyway, let's let's put that aside. <laughs> but thank you so much, Glenn, for, for joining, being a part of this. Uh, your profile is inspiring. Uh, you're one of the, and, and when I spoke to you the first time, you know, there are people that you leave a meeting with and you feel drained, you know, you feel like something had to leave you. But when I left our, you know, introductory conversation, getting to know one another, I felt like you added so much value to me, even though it was only 15, 20 minutes, it was literally like you were pouring to me and I left equipped, inspired you know, I thought I was going to start flying high, you know, uh, just from the conversation. Uh, so I, I want to just say I appreciate your the, the way you you speak life. I guess that would be the best way to put it. You speak life into conversations, into what you're doing. So, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of this. We'd love to know. Share your personal story with us. When did you arrive in Canada? What was your story like from mathematics to human resources? Um, we'd love to hear that. Uh, I, I, I came to Canada in 1999, so it's been 22 years, mm. but it seems fairly recent though. Mm. Uh, I came in here, my first job, you know, when I took the first three months to settle down, I had a human resources background, as you said, but I, my plan A was to get into human resources. Mm-hmm. My plan B was to get into recruiting. So I applied to 40 companies in the first three months. I got a lot of rejection letters. Uh, So I kicked in my plan B. I said, I need to learn about the Canadian marketplace. So I became a recruiter for the next one year. So becoming a recruiter, I'm now working with employers. I'm working with candidates, Mm -hmm. making placements. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me to understand the Canadian marketplace. Now, one year later, when I sent five resumes, I got three interviews and I got one job. Mm. So what I learned was I was applying in the dark. Mm. But when you have insights in the marketplace, when you know how to tailor your resume and how to interview, you put yourself in the place of most success. You put yourself in the place of highest potential. I'll I'll tell you a quick story. After being a recruiter, I'm being interviewed for this software company. I've done seven interviews. The final interviews with the CFO, Chief Financial Officer. Great interview, but the CFO says, Glam, I love your resume, got great experience, including working for Morgan Stanley in India. And by the way, I know Morgan Stanley talent because I'm act- they're actually advising me right now to go mm-hmm. to take the company public. But here's a problem I have with you. I feel that after three months, you will get bored in this job. The job we're hiring you is is more junior than the last job you had in India. Mm. I have a strong feeling that after three months, you're going to get bored and you're going to come back to to me and say, I I know I'm bored in this job. And I had faced this issue before, so I was better prepared to deal with it this time. Mm -hmm. So I took it head on. I said to him, Steve, I looked at him straight in the eye. I said, Steve, I completely understand where you're coming from. I've thought about this and it is my choice to work at this level for 12 months so I can get Canadian experience, understand the cultural dynamics, 
learn about Canadian employment law. But after 12 months, if you cannot give me more responsibility, then don't hire me. Mm. Mm. You know what? Uh, they hired me. I stayed there for four years and that was really a breakthrough for me. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. You said something earlier and we weren't going to take this direction, but I just want to uh, go back to it. You mentioned initially you sent out 40 resumes. You got no interviews. Am I correct? I got some information interviews. I got mostly rejection letters. Mostly rejection letters, like many of us, you know. Yeah. Uh, I hear of people now that send hundreds, you know, and you get just a few here and there, and sometimes you don't even get a callback. But then after working and understanding the industry, suddenly you send out five, and boom, there were three, you know, uh, interviews. What would you say were some of those uh, the, the, the learnings that came that reduced that number from 40 to one ratio to five to three ratio. You know, I was now customizing my resume to the job I was applying for. Mm. I was highlighting my, the results and actions. Employees are not looking for activity. They're looking to see the results. So really tailoring your resume and highlighting your strengths for the job you're applying for. Because mm -hmm. you can't put in everything in your resume. You need to really highlight how you are the best candidate for the role you're applying for. Mm -hmm. Change your cover letter, highlight your accomplishments and your strengths that they are looking for. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, once you get an interview, you need to believe that you are the best candidate. Because mm -hmm. if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. So literally, when I walked in that interview or any interview, I believe that I'm the best candidate. Fantastic. Thanks for that. So let's quit. Let's let's go to our topic of the day. I, I wanted to just uh, take a quick uh, pit stop there to, to, to learn that. Today, we're talking about how do we start prepping and getting immigrants ready for the executive suite? I mean, one of the things that we've learned, for example, McKinsey did a study of over a thousand country, uh, companies in uh, over a dozen countries, and they, they talked about how companies that are more diverse uh, are able to bring in a lot more revenue. I believe it's like 35 or 36% or something like that. And there are several other studies that validates the more diverse you are as an organization, the more money that can come in. So you hear diversity, 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 diversity so many times. You know, sometimes I wonder, are immigrants getting an opportunity to get to that C-suite and executive suite? So I would love to ask you, what is holding us back from getting there? And as an individual, as IO, as whomever is listening now, how do I start prepping? Let's let's give people a four-year plan or a three-year plan from where they are now to breaking through the glass ceiling in three, four years. What would you say are some things that they can start doing now to start prepping themselves for that position three, four years from now? So, so number one, you got to recognize that what got you here won't get you there. It's actually a title of a book by Marshall Goldsmith. Great book, by the way. Fantastic yeah. book. Yeah. So your current performance and expertise have made you successful today, but that will not be enough 
for the goals or aspirations you have four years out. So what, so number one, only 30% of high performers have the potential to be successful at the next level. This is statistically. As a manager, yeah. as a leader. So whatever level you are in, if you are successful today, only 30% of people who are performing at a high level, statistically are successful at the next level. So what predicts that high potential? Mm -hmm. There are four things that predict that. Number one is curiosity. People who are curious, they envision, they imagine, they try to see how can I add value to the vision and strategy. So they think beyond their current role. Mm -hmm. they, they operate and think above their pay grade. So I'll give an example. Back when I was at Pitney Bowes, the president had a vision for the country, for Pitney Bowes Canada, to be one of the most admired companies to work for. So when I saw that opportunity, I aligned my work towards achieving that. So long story short, four years later, we had 10 industry awards. So you got to see from, what, from the seat that you have in the organization, mm -hmm. how can you connect, align, and add value to the vision and strategy? How can you be curious? And, and think about where the industry is going. What are the new trends? Mm -hmm. You've got to be ahead of the curve. Because if you want to be a future leader, number one, you've got to be curious about being relevant to the future direction. Right. Number one. Number two is drive. Like you don't feel like a victim. You don't give up when somebody's tough on you, some, when there's a setback. You have a powerful vision you have to have the courage and the drive to address adversity mm. and to move forward when things look tough. Right. I'll share a quote with you. Forget all the reasons why it won't work and believe the one reason it will. Boom. I like that. So, so and I believe that as immigrant talent, we normally have drive in spades for us to leave up, give up a home country and come here. Drive is something that I normally see with our immigrant talent with, mm -hmm. with us. So that's drive. The third one is character. It's not just fitting in for the sake of fitting in. It's about being who you are. Mm -hmm. It's knowing who you are. It's being authentic. It's being driven by values and principles. And it's being about letting people know who you really are, mm. Mm. especially when things get tough, when things get difficult. It's really leading with character. Mm. It's integrity. So that's a third one. And the fourth one is where some of us trip is influencing. In life, you get what you influence. You only control yourself. Mm. Mm. So it's understanding it's about building relationships mm. across the board at different levels. It's leading with presence. Now, what is presence? Presence is bringing out the best in others. Okay. It's inspiring others. So it's really about building those relationships and that social capital 
where you have a broad set of champions who is just beyond your boss. If you put all your stock in your, your direct leader, that's cutting yourself too short. Right. It's building a broad set of champions across the organization hmm. or across the division if you are working for a large organ organization. So you have to be very strategic as you're, you have as you're to be. doing this. And, and you know what? You cannot do this alone. You got to have champions. You got to have mentors. You got to have sponsors that you need to align with. Hmm. And you got to have a trusted network. And you know what? Here's a here's a good indicator. Are people having real discussions with you, or are they walking on eggshells around you? Hmm. Hmm? Hmm. So so you need to have people in your corner. You need to build an inner circle circle of people who are not just immigrants but who are also native born, mm. like who do you hang out with? So you need to understand the cultural dynamics, how decisions get made. So it's really understanding the cultural dynamics, the relationships, the power dynamics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's really the cultural code. Mm. And I think that is where, so what happens is I find people hit a ceiling at their technical expertise or functional expertise. But if you can navigate the culture and if you can connect strategically to the big picture right. and build the relationships and you got to create a movement, you got to create some momentum hmm. for your ideas. Is that helpful? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And what I'm, what I'm hearing from you, Glenn, is, you know, I think there is a mindset of, and I've heard someone say this to me, look, I'm just going to work hard, do my best, do the best that I can. And, you know, it will, you know, the promotion will come, the opportunity will come. But I struggled with that because I'm like, no, no, you got to do so much more. But what I'm hearing from you is like, this is like strategy for a business. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Well, you are the business. <laughs> you are the product. You are the product. This is a strategy that you're talking about. Being curious, having influence, leading with character, connecting with those right people, finding your sponsors, mentors, uh, coaches. Uh, you talked about all those things. You're putting together a strategic plan and the product is you. You know what? It has to be very intentional. I mean, I've had to do it for myself speaking at industry conferences, serving on a board, serving on advisory committees in the industry, mm. working on strategic projects, working on global projects. So this is how a three to four year plan looks like. Mm. Can we talk about, you used the phrase earlier, leading with presence. You, you know, I'll be very honest. I have struggled with leading with presence or I've, I've heard that phrase executive presence. And I've asked myself, do I have it? Yes or no? Not, they're not fully sure. How do you build that presence? And you know, there are some people that when you see them walk into a room, they have it. They're a leader, but there's this glow around them. And they're, you know, the, people are attracted to them. People want to know them or learn from them. How do you develop that executive presence um, before you even become an executive? I think, first of all, only about 10% of executives have executive presence. Interesting. Yeah, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a very strong 
executive capability. Number one. Number two, you can have charisma, but charisma is a small part of executive presence. Mm. Well, that's, that's why we're here to learn. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think executive presence is a it's a it's a very deep construct. Mm. First of all, you got to have it inside inside you. If you don't have it inside you, then it's not authentic. You're just faking it. So you need to first be at peace and you've got to know who you are. So, so I think, first of all, you got to, so you got to know what you're anchored in. Who are you? And why are you here? What's your purpose? Mm. Actually, your presence becomes powerful when you show vulnerability. If you mess things up, when you own up that you made a mistake, Mm. It actually humanizes you. So it's about the ability to relate to people, the ability to bring out the best in people. You talked about being inspired earlier. Right. So leadership presence is, you know, it's not just physical. Mm. It's really your ability to be humble, authentic, leading with your character, being principled. And it's about moving from me to we. Mm -hmm. it's less about you but it's it's really the power of your presence is the impact you have on others that's powerful Mm -hmm. and so and so not all of us can can be on our best presence every day some days are hard Mm -hmm. so it's just being real with people Mm -hmm. but again you got to have the right boundaries and you got to use your judgment where you open up but i think it's really about being vulnerable I like that. And also, it doesn't mean leadership presence means you're going to be soft and nice. It's also sometimes having the courage to ask the tough questions. Mm. And it's one of the traps that we fall in, where we are are kind of nice, but we don't ask the tough questions. Did you ever, at any point, Glenn, struggle with your own, um, so what I'm looking for? I can't find the word, but maybe I can describe it a bit better. You came in as an immigrant. Suddenly, you hear all these other accents. You know, suddenly you're like, my accent, their accents. Or you walk into a room, you're the only uh, member of the people of color. <laughs> you know, that did, did, did you ever, and I mean, I love your phrase. This is why I'm asking this question where you said, don't allow labels to hold you back. That was one thing you have said. And then you also said, in my mind, there are no barriers. Did you ever struggle with that? And how did you get to a place of that level of just, in my mind, there are no barriers? You know what? This has happened only more recently for me. I think Mm -hmm. I've achieved this freedom and breakthrough only more recently. Um, First of all, my biggest fear was speaking in public. Interesting. As a public speaker. Yeah. No, till, till 2008. Before that, I did work behind the scenes of design, development but i did some small workshops but i would avoid the platform mm. but when i joined Pitney Bowes in the very first three months they asked me to do a keynote on leadership and i had no track record so i had no option there was no room for failure so i had to find a way to have a breakthrough it's a story by itself but long story short that keynote was a breakthrough moment for me Wow. And before that, I would get feedback like, Glenn, I kind of know you when I speak to you one-on-one or in a small group. Mm. 
But when you stand on a stage, you're like a piece of wood. Wow. And, and you know what? When I had this opportunity to present the, at this keynote, there was no room for failure. Mm. And I learned that I'm not going to prep and memorize talking points. I'm not going to have busy slides. Right. I'm going to do some storytelling. I'm going to be at the edge of my of the stage and have a real conversation with my audience. That is awesome. And you know what? That was a breakthrough moment for me. Mm. And that's what led me to doing doing what I do today, being a professional keynote speaker and a mm. facilitator. Mm. But I was I had this thing that you know what? I have an accent. Plus, I have a fear of public speaking. So these are barriers that I was putting on myself. And so 2012, when I had a global role in the US, I'm quite comfortable in Canada now. But when I'm working with the US and then going to Europe and Asia Pacific, there was a lot of pressure. And this is pressure I'm putting on myself. Mm. I, I learned that time that I'm being too hard on myself to prove that I'm, I'm someone, prove that I can do this, to try and impress people. And I realized that, you know what? I just need to learn to be myself. It's easier said than done. Right. But I had no choice because you know what? I'm in these big rooms with high profile people. And the best way to connect with them is to be your real self, hmm. to be authentic, to be real, and to, to be confident with the material you're presenting. Mm, mm. So I've I learned from then on not to put this unnecessary pressure on myself and create barriers for myself. So I learned that I was creating barriers for myself. So when I'm operating barrier free, there are no barriers. Right, right. So this is pressure I was putting on myself for the longest time. And now I, I found my authentic voice. And I have freed myself. That's powerful. That is powerful. You, you know, Glenn, we can go on and on. I feel like I'm, I'm learning so much. I want to ask you, what would you say, looking back, your top three lessons um, as an immigrant in Canada, something that you feel, hey, immigrant, as you're listening to this, your top three takeaway. If you don't remember anything else from our conversation today, these three, I want you to hold it, and I want I want it to be like some sort your anchor, you know. Uh, what would those three things be? The first thing, the first thing would be reinventing myself. The first year of my journey in Canada, I was looking back at my past. How great a job I had back in India, mm. and my first job was not that exciting. Mm. It was very tactical. And I would keep looking back at the benefits I had, the profile I had. But you know what, I realized that that's my past. I need to, I need to have a vision for the future. And I need to burn my ships, I'm not going back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I needed to move forward, and to really learn to reinvent myself. So that's when I started the process of reinventing myself. Mm. Okay. And not living in the past and not feeling entitled. The second piece I would say is Canada owes me nothing. Mm. But You're dropping know, gems, Glenn. This I, is awesome. I, I feel so grateful and blessed to be in this country. 
I've had, I'm an ordinary guy who, who have had some great opportunities for doing extraordinary things mm. to raise my family here, the relationships, mm-hmm. of course, not everybody has liked me and supported me, but that's life. Yeah. But you know what? It's really about not feeling entitled mm. and not feeling like a victim. I feel empowered. So you got to find a way to feel empowered. Mm. You don't win by thinking yourself as a victim. Mm. I've learned to feel empowered. And if I don't feel empowered, I go back to the drawing board and say, what do I need to do? Some people are not going to like this, man. You're, you're giving some really hard, tough lessons, but they're real. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's my story, right? So, so whenever I felt entitled, I was not producing good results. Mm. I need to hold myself accountable. I like that. And and I think the third thing I would say is around networking. I I know there's a traditional approach to networking. The traditional approach has not worked for me. Like going to networking events, shaking a lot of hands, giving out lots of cards and receiving cards. I did not see much fruit. Right. So I decided to create an approach for networking that fits my authentic style. Hmm. And so, so I focus on building my reputation in my space of expertise. Like I worked at four different companies, right? And I'm now consulted with about 30 companies. That's quite a large network of people. So when people get to experience the work you do and can vouch for you. So all my business in the last eight years has come from 100% referrals. Wow. Or it has come through LinkedIn. So having a rich profile on LinkedIn, Mm. you become accessible to a global network. Mm. Mm. And so, and the third thing I would say is it's about giving back. It's about net giving. So whenever you have an opportunity to give back in the community, serve on a task force, mentor new new Canadians, Mm or just helping anybody you can. You're building your social capital. So I I think you got to do networking as it fits your style and your personality and your character. Mm. That's awesome. That is awesome. Very powerful. What book are you currently reading, Glenn? Uh, I'm reading the Bible. Tell us more. you know what? Uh, I was raised in the church, mm. uh, but it didn't really have a personal connection to me. Mm. Uh, it was just religion. So I would just check the box. For 2012, uh, I developed a very personal relationship with Jesus Christ as my, as my, and I'm his follower. Mm. And mm. that completely transformed my life. Powerful. So I find powerful principles. I find courage, encouragement, wisdom in the Bible. You know, Glenn, uh, John Maxwell, you know, uh, if you don't know who John Maxwell is. I do. I do. I, I've, I've read his books. I've read his 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. <laughs> One of the things that John said, and Stephen Covey said this as well, he pulled a lot of his principles yeah. 
from the Bible and from Jesus. And I thought that was so powerful. He said he never used biblical, you know, like quotations or whatever, but he read the stories, pulled the leadership principles from there and shared that with, with all of us in his books. And Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said all seven habits he pulled from the Bible. There were literally stories from characters in the Bible that he... He kept seeing and noticing a, a, a reoccurring theme. And that was what birthed the seven habits. So that's amazing. I, I, I like what you're saying. And I think that is very powerful. Very, very powerful. Yeah, I think, I think it's timeless in terms of leadership principles. And mm-hmm. I've studied the Bible as a historic book for leadership. Mm-hmm. And I've read, I mean, I've heard talk about mentoring, right? There are great stories of mentoring. And there are great stories of what to do and, and what, what not to do. Not to do. <laughs> exactly. You know what? It's a real book, right? <laughs> so, so, so to be honest with you, that's the book I'm reading right now. Awesome. Glenn, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I've learned about leading with character. I've learned about the importance of being curious, learned about influence. I, 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 I wrote that. I have my full page of notes here. You talked about executive presence. It starts from within you. It's, a, it's not all charismatic. It's being vulnerable, uh, having the courage to ask the tough questions. You've talked about reinventing ourselves when we arrive in Canada. You've said, I, I, this is, man, this is gold. Canada owes me nothing. I thought that was powerful. Canada owes me nothing. You don't win by thinking yourself small or by expecting something from anyone else, hold yourself accountable. The power of networking, giving back. And you did all this in 37 minutes. Man! <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, this was this fun. I... <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you very much. If anyone is interested in reaching out to you, Glenn, how can they reach, reach you? Uh, two, two ways. Uh, they can connect with me on LinkedIn, or they can write to me at Glenn, G-L-E-M, dot my last name b-i-a-s at gmail.com fantastic fantastic thank you so much glenn thanks for being a part of this this was you see I, i'm leaving floating again you, you just add value you are awesome but you know what that is that is my purpose in life my purpose in life is to equip and empower organizations and people mm. Mm. And I like this. I want to end with this quote, Glenn. This is something you share with me our last cha- uh, uh, chat together. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Give it away. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. Glenn, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Listeners, thanks for listening. I hope you learned something from this. Hey, reach out. We love your thoughts and your feedback. How are you enjoying the podcast so far? Let us know. Uh, it will be inspiring to know that this touches you. I've had people reach out from Jamaica, from Oman, from India, from Pakistan, from Nigeria, from countries that I had to Google to find out where it was, uh, just sharing their feedback and their thoughts. Uh, so thank you for those that have reached out. For those that have not reached out, please let us know. I'm sure Glenn would love to hear from you. 
any questions that comes to me, I'll forward it directly to, to um, any of the uh, speakers that you're interested in, in connecting and chatting with. Glam, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for your Thank you. This was, this was fun. And I look forward to hearing from the audience. I would love to. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Why don't you do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or colleague? The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantsNetworks.com. Hi, I'm Nick Narani, founder and CEO of Immigrant Networks. Listen, if you're an immigrant or an international student looking to find a job and expand your network in Canada, Immigrant Networks is for you. Immigrant Networks, we say networking to get working. It is a community built by immigrants just like you to help you overcome one of the biggest challenges that immigrants have when they come here, and that is finding and retaining a job. Visit our website today and get matched within days with someone from your profession and learn and grow. Immigrant Networks, networking to get working. Music provided by bentsound.com.